0: Today's episode of The Haunting Podcast mentions suicide. Viewer discretion advised. If you are having suicidal thoughts, we implore you to call the National Suicide Hotline or text. Your life is worth it. To the haunting podcast. I'm your host, Tegan.
1: And I'm your other host, Jordan.
0: Today, we're going to take a ride in the back of a police car. We're going to join them for some paranormal, creepy activity.
1: Ooh. We're going to
0: see what they're up to today. I wonder. So, today, I have the first story. The first story is called Cell One is Empty. I've seen a lot of things in my career, things that would make a citizen doubt my sanity from being dispatched to chase a UFO to responding to the call of ghosts. But the most unusual thing that happened to me was witnessed by several officers and a dispatcher. One evening, I had brought in a guy for domestic violence, and as he was a bit rowdy, I was joined in booking by the sergeant and another patrolman. I'm in the process of booking Mr. Tough Guy when I glance into cell 1. There was a guy in there, short hair, glasses, a white t-shirt, just staring at us. I ignored him because I didn't want him to start banging on the windows demanding a phone call or something. So I finished the booking process and escort Mr. Tough Guy to a cell, walking past cell 1. The guy in the cell just stood there, never saying a word or moving. We all then leave booking and go about our business. Sometime later, Sergeant asked me to check the paperwork for the prisoners to see if any were ready to transport to county jail. I grab the paperwork and go into booking to do a head count. Cell 1 is empty. I panic and tell the sergeant, who also panics. He and I begin to make phone calls to detectives to see if they had moved the guy or had released him. They all say they didn't go into booking at all. Then I check the computer and paperwork again, and the head count was accurate. No one had Been placed in cell one. We go to dispatch office to check the surveillance video for booking. We rewind the footage to where I can be seen booking my prisoner. We fast forward to the point in the video where we all walk out. As soon as we walk past the door, the guy in number one blinks out of existence. We are all freaked out by the occurrence, believe me. When we try to transfer the video to a DVD and USB drive, the guy in the cell did not appear. We still hear and see stuff every now and then, and prisoners in the detox tank can be seen talking to someone in the direction of cell number one, even though it appears empty. To this day, I'm weary of going into booking alone. That's just weird. That is weird. You know, I found in this, uh, while I was looking like this up, I found that um, there's a lot of uh, haunted, like jails, haunted police stations.
1: Oh, yeah. I've definitely heard that too, just creepy jails. <laughs>
0: just yeah, really creepy jails. That might be a that might be a future episode.
1: Could be, could be. For- we did do that one jail, uh, the podcast with your the episode with your brother.
0: Yeah, we did, we did, and uh, you know maybe that was just a little bit of foreshadowing. Do 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 do. Ookie spooky.
1: All right, my story is called Welfare Checked. Answered a welfare check call one night late, between 230 and O three hundred on an elderly woman who lived next door to a caller and had not been seen for some time. The night we were having a bad thunderstorm without the rain, I get to the complainant's house to speak to her first, wondering why she called at this time. She tells me the lady next door is in her 90s, lives alone, and she has not been seen in weeks. She explained that she has called, went over, and knocked on the door, but the lady will not answer. I start thinking she is probably deceased and has been for some time. The car has a three-inch layer of dust on it. The mail is piling up, and no lights are on. First, I walk to the side door and knock on the door with my flashlight, knocking loud enough an elderly person with some hearing should hear it. After a few minutes of no response, I turn around and walk to the backyard, looking out the window, and find everything okay. The complainant is with me, and she is saying she don't know any of the relatives of the lady. I'm sure by now that she is probably deceased. I walk to the front of the house and notice that her blinds are up on the front windows and I can see a glow from inside. I am, however, not tall enough to look into the windows, which are probably seven feet off the ground. The complainant runs next door and grabs a bucket for me to stand on. I get on the bucket and bingo, I can see the living room. The glow was from the TV, which was on a blue screen and bright enough I didn't need to use my flashlight to see in. I look first at the floor to make sure she had not fallen there. Couch, recliner, everything was empty. The telephone home base was blinking red with missed calls and voicemails. From the living room was a hallway that was dark and I couldn't see down. Using my flashlight, I could only see an open door down the hall. Still no signs of life. I turned around and told the complainant that everything looked okay and nothing was disturbed. I turned back and an elderly woman is looking back at me with her face right up next to the glass. I couldn't breathe. It felt as if I had been hit in the chest by a bat. I fell backwards and off the bucket. I hit the ground hard and the complainant rushed to me. I pushed her off as she was trying to help me up and I ran back onto the bucket. My heart was pounding, but I had to see. Instinct had my hand on the gun. The other was up on the window. I looked back inside and saw a frail elderly woman sitting in the hallway wearing a long nightgown with her back to me. She turned her head to the side and looked at me out of the corner of her eye and slowly walked out of view down the dark hallway. That unnerved me.
0: Yeah, I think that would unnerve me as well. It's very unnerving. I mean, it's the fact, though, that, it, it, it you know, it's just all of it. Yeah. There's not really a fact there. It's just all of it.
1: Yeah, it's <coughs> creepy. I got down and looked at the complainant who was standing there with a puzzled look on her face. All I could say was I saw her. By now, the wind had picked up, and it began to rain. I began to walk back to my car by the road and turned back to the complainant and said, don't come back here. I got into my car and drove to the PD. I never found out about the lady who lived there. The complainant didn't call back, and the house now has different tenants inside. Some things are better left alone, and that came from truck fail.
0: That's. I, I feel like we need an unsolved mystery for that one. I want to know what happened.
1: Yeah, I kind of want to have the ending on that one. Yeah,
0: I feel, like, I feel like we missed a big step there.
1: Yeah, so what happened to the lady?
0: Yeah, was she actually alive? Was that her ghost? I mean, does she have some sort of like dementia or something? Oh, no. You know, like that's just creepy, all of that. I'm good. Our next story is Good Conversation. I was working at our jail, and while doing my watch tour, I was heading into medical and heard two people having a conversation and thought it was two inmates in a cell talking. I went to the first cell, and no names on the door, so I didn't look in. I went to the next door, and it also had no names on it. I opened the hatch to look in, and there was a guy in there. Just one. I didn't say anything at first to him, and as I'm closing this hatch... He asked me if I could move his neighbor over because he was alone and would like some company. I then went over to the previous door and checked in the window, just in case someone didn't put the name on the door. I looked in and nobody was in the cell. I went back to the guy in the other cell and asked him if he had heard people talking. He stated yes, they had been talking a lot. I informed him that there was nobody next door and got out of there. (gasps) That's so rude!
1: I mean... I feel it. I feel it. I
0: just, you know, I think I would at least like, I think I would at least lie to the guy and be like, oh, I can't transfer him for this reason or that reason. Uh, Good (laughs) night.
1: I mean, I can still feel it.
0: (laughs) So creepy. It is too creepy. I wouldn't. Could you imagine? Could you imagine if you were just in a jail cell one night having a conversation and just turns out there's no one there? Um. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, I I don't want to imagine it. That's like, you know, when we go to the store and you start talking to me and I've already wandered off.
0: Oh, you do that to me all the time. It's so aggravating.
1: I am easily I'll be, like,
0: talking to some stranger. They're like, what are you talking about, ma'am? And I'm like, um, I wasn't talking to you. (laughs) At least I didn't think I was.
1: All right. So my next story is called The Boy on the Bench by Buddy Smith. Work security in a med center after retirement opened the place one morning at 0500 as i passed an alcove for an instant i saw a boy about 9 years old barn hair striped shirt sitting on a bench then he was gone anyway out of embarrassment i never told a soul about it i had eight retired detectives working for me and one day i was having a conversation with one of them very sheepishly he asked me if i ever saw anything strange in the place when i opened in the morning when I asked him why, he said he saw a young boy wearing a striped shirt sitting on a bench. Then he was gone. The same location where I saw the kid. Other things that seemed to happen were coffee pots being knocked over and footsteps late in the night when closing. Later, found out that the med center was located adjacent to the most haunted cemetery on Staten Island. Shorty but goody.
0: That is a shorty but a goody. It's very. These are all really kind of creepy today.
1: Oh yeah, they they are pretty creepy. <laughs>
0: Uh, how are you going to sleep tonight, honey?
1: You know what? Uncomfortably.
0: Fair. Me too. So there is a trigger warning for this next story. It is. It does mention suicide. So for those of you who do not want to listen, turn away now. This next story is called Entry Tools. I responded to a suicide as the co-lead detective. A male had hung himself in the tree in the backyard. We checked the residence and it was locked with a deadbolt thrown on both entry and egress doors. I called for entry tools and a supervisor for a breach because the deceased girlfriend was not accounted for and they lived together, a possible murder-suicide. Several patrol officers and I were standing at the back door of the house, the south side, which had been checked multiple times waiting on entry tools. As I looked at the door, there was a gap in the frame and and see there's no deadbolt thrown anymore. So he like looked through the door and saw that there was no deadbolt there. Right. I checked the door and it's now open. We clear the residence and no one is inside. I even had them clear the attic space. Inside the door that magically opened were multiple notes to the family members of the deceased. We all walked outside and were waiting on an NOK to arrive and try to walk back in, the door secure again with the deadbolt. It should be noted that no one had a key and there were locks on both sides of the door. The lead and I were now discussing how we were going to have to call for entry tools and again the door opened. No one going near it. Again, I had the residence cleared and there was no one inside. The lead detective and I did not go back into the house that day.
1: I wouldn't either. I, no, that's a big nope for me. That is big a nope. very big nope. Big nope. I am not a coward. <laughs> I just want to put that out there.
0: I don't know. When it comes to the paranormal, you kind of are. Well, how how the hell am I going to
1: fight that? I can't just, you know, be like, uh 50 cups, you know? I mean, they're going to like spew like what, ectoplasm or something? <laughs>
0: I've never actually seen a, a ghost, ec- like the true ghost ectoplasm. I would like to see that.
1: Well, I'm just going to call the Ghostbusters and, like, you know, not go back in.
0: Ghostbusters. <laughs> <Do-do-do-do-do>.
1: <laughs> okay. All right. My next story is called On the Beat. I got a call one night. It was early, probably around 2200. This woman called the police department and said there was drumming going on in her house. Native American drumming. I said, well, I didn't say anything. I was dispatched to go there. So I get out of the vehicle and I walked up to the house. When I opened the door, I could hear the drumming. I thought they were just messing with me. It was faint, but I could hear it. And it was coming from downstairs in the basement. She's like, do you hear it? Yeah, I hear it. Is there kids downstairs or something? I don't think so. But I hear the drumming and it's not the first time. Will you go down and look? Sure. I don't mind. I opened the door nice and slow. You never know what people do. And when I opened it wider, it was getting louder and louder. This was drumming. I could hear some chanting too, like Native American chanting with the drums and singing. Mm. I see the light switch and say to the lady, okay, I'm going to go downstairs and check this out. I make a call back to the police department and say, hey, I'm here and I do hear drumming. I hear it. I'm going to go investigate. The minute I flick the light switch for the stairs up and put the lights on, silence. Just complete silence. I'm thinking there's got to be kids down there. It was too loud. Or a radio or something. Maybe a tape player. But I went downstairs and there was nothing. Just a regular basement with basement stuff in it. Furniture, whatever. Nothing. I went back upstairs thinking if it was light action, you know. Nothing happened. I turned it back on. Nothing happened. I turned it off. Nothing happened. I did that maybe five times, but it never came back. If this happens again, call me. I'm a police. I'll come right over. She wasn't impressed that it was happening, but wanted someone else to hear it because she thought she was going crazy. To my knowledge, the lady never called the police department again.
0: Hmm. Uh, you know what that reminds me of?
1: I I I, I knew this was coming. What does it remind you of?
0: It uh it reminds me of the Native American drums yep. that I hear yep. in the forest by my childhood home. Yep,
1: I figured that was coming. Shh. Yeah. Never got to hear it myself, but I, I bet it's creepy. Well,
0: I remember um, you and your brother wanted to go in there one night.
1: Yeah, because we're fearless.
0: And me and my brother were like, don't, don't do that. Don't do that. That's Look, we're stupid. Just, we
1: are built different.
0: Even my brother, you were so surprised when he was saying it to you. Yeah,
1: he was like, no, don't do it, man. You it's know, a bad idea. It,
0: it is a bad idea. I have the last story of the night. It's called... Remember to make a wish. I was on patrol. It was 3.30 to 4 in the morning and a bit foggy. Indian Island is about 24 square miles. It doesn't take long to go around it with all the roads. On the island, there's a pond called The Pond. I thought it was somebody that worked in a hospital that was just going to work and was walking up from the pond for some reason, headed to her car and to the hospital or whatever. That's what I thought when I first looked at her. She had like a white jacket with a sports coat. When I was closer to her, I called it in and said, Listen, I got this lady coming up from the pond. I can't remember the street. I don't know if she's off her meds or what the story is, but I'm going to... I don't know if she's off her meds or what the story is, but I'm going to be off here for a bit. I was sitting in the car, and she was coming up, getting closer and closer and closer. I was kind of vulnerable in this spot. I should have jumped out, but all of a sudden, she didn't give me a chance. She was 25 feet away, and the next thing you know, she was in my pocket. I was still in drive. Back then, I drove a Chevy Impala, and the shift was on the column. So I put my foot on the brake and and put it in park. It's just instinct to look to make sure you're in park before you put your foot off the brake. I think everyone does it. Well, the nanosecond that I did that and I look back, she was gone. I was looking around. She wasn't there. So I'm kind of getting freaked out. I jump out of the car. I look around the car underneath the car and there's nobody there. Then I realize, holy cow, I think I just saw a ghost. You're always thinking that kind of stuff anyways because the island is very spiritual. We had to do building checks when you're on the midnight shift and there are quite a few buildings that you have to check out. I was young, but not that brave. You're always thinking of ghosts and stuff like that. Then I had realized the scene and it started to come and it started coming to me. I started putting two and two together. I didn't see her feet. I didn't see her face. Her face was blurred. I know she had white hair. I know she was wearing that jacket. That's another thing, too. Her garments. Her labels and bottoms of her jacket flapped kind of a bit. Kind of like it was in the wind. Like it was breezy, just going back and forth. But there was no breeze at all. It was foggy, and there was a street light illuminating everything. But there was no wind. My brain is thinking, Okay, I just saw this woman coming up from the pond... Her jacket was moving. I didn't see her feet, and I can't see her face. She went from being 25 to 30 feet away with plenty of time for me to get out of the cruiser, but within a snap of a finger, she was looking at me. Again, I couldn't make out any facial features. I was a little bit freaked. I told dispatch, okay, I'm on my way in. I said, I have to ask you some questions. Then I sat with dispatch, and I mentioned what I had seen. The dispatcher laughed at me. Well, you saw the white lady. Who's that? Oh, that's just one of the spirits that comes up from the pond. I'm like, are you serious?
1: Not a lot. Not a lot. It's (laughs) just, you know, it's just another thing. Very
0: casual speak. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Did you make a wish? I didn't make no wish. What are you talking about? Well, if you would have made a wish, the legend goes, she'll grant it. I didn't have a chance to make a wish. She was just gone. And I didn't know you could make a wish anyways. For the rest of the summer, I hung out by the pond a lot at the wee hours of the morning, hoping to see her again, because I swore to myself that I'm going to make a wish. But I never did. I never saw her again. 1,050% no, it is not worth a wish. It's not. I would not do this.
1: I wouldn't do it either.
0: I do not suggest to any of our viewers to go looking for the lady in white.
1: Yes, please don't. It's always ominous. It's always a lady in white. It is Never always go near a lady it. in white. Don't 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 interact with it or engage. If you see a lady
0: in white walking down the street, avoid her. Just stop it. Just stop. <laughs> okay, guys. So that's all the time we have for tonight. Thank you for tuning in today. Have a good night.
1: Have a spooky night, guys. This
0: has been the Haunting Podcast. Do you have an idea for an episode or just want to leave a comment and say hi? Visit our website at thehauntingpodcast.com for this, show notes, and other extras. Thank you for listening and have a good night.